Section 26. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Sonrisa Jones, LindaSonrisaJones.com. Section 26. The Negative Confession. It may be thought that the fundamental ideas of Egyptian morality would be most succinctly expressed in the so-called negative confession contained in the Book of the Dead. When the deceased appeared before Osiris, he was supposed to recite this confession in which he alleged his freedom from a long catalogue of sins. He repeated it in two forms. After the 28th dynasty B.C. 1500, it was considered as perhaps the most essential of all the texts deposited in the tomb with the mummy for the guidance of the deceased person before his fate was finally settled. It is therefore to be found in thousands of copies, but unfortunately this much-worn text is as corrupt as most of the other sections of the Book of the Dead. The hack scribes and calligraphists were content to copy without understanding it, often bungling or resting the sense according to their very imperfect lights. It is seldom that different copies agree precisely in their readings. Often the differences are very material and leave the true sense altogether uncertain. Again, even where the reading seems comparatively sure, the meaning remains obscure, owing to the occurrence of rare words or expressions. All the phrases begin with the negative not. First Confession I have not done injury to men. I have not oppressed those beneath me. I have not acted perversely, prevaricated, instead of straightforwardly. I have not known vanity. I have not been a doer of mischief. I have not done what the gods abominate. I have not turned the servant against his master. I have not caused hunger. I have not caused weeping. I have not murdered. I have not commanded murder. I have not caused suffering to men. I have not cut short the rations of the temples. I have not diminished the offerings of the gods. I have not taken the provisions of the blessed dead. I have not committed fornication nor impurity in what was sacred to the god of my city. I have not added to nor diminished the measures of grain. I have not diminished the palm measure. I have not falsified the cubit of land. I have not added to the weights of the balance. I have not nullified the plummet of the scales. I have not taken milk from the mouth of babes. I have not driven cattle from their herbage. I have not trapped birds, the bones of the gods. I have not caught fish in their pools. I have not stopped water in its season. I have not dammed running water. I have not quenched fire when burning. I have not disturbed the cycle of gods when at their choice meets. I have not driven off the cattle of the sacred estate. I have not stopped a god in his comings forth. Second Confession I have not done injustice. 
I have not robbed. I have not coveted. I have not stolen. I have not slain men. I have not diminished the corn measure. I have not acted crookedly. I have not stolen the property of the gods. I have not spoken falsehood. I have not taken food away. I have not been lazy. I have not trespassed. I have not slain a sacred animal. I have not been niggardly in grain. I have not stolen. I have not been a pilferer. My mouth hath not run on. I have not been a talebearer in business not mine own. I have not committed adultery with another man's wife. I have not been impure. I have not made disturbance. I have not transgressed. My mouth hath not been hot. I have not been deaf to the words of truth. I have not made confusion. I have not caused weeping. I am not given to unnatural lust. I have not borne a grudge. I have not quarreled. I am not of aggressive hand. I am not of inconstant mind. I have not spoiled the color of him who washeth the God. My voice has not been too voluble in my speech. I have not deceived nor done ill. I have not cursed the king. My voice is not loud. I have not cursed God. I have not made bubbles. I have not made unjust preferences. I have not acted the rich man except in my own things. I have not offended the God of my city. The Teaching of Amenemhat The advice given by Amenemhat I, the founder of the Twelfth Dynasty, to his son and successor, Usertesen I, about B.C. 2500, is a short composition that was much in vogue during the New Kingdom as an exercise for schoolboys. Six copies of portions, or of the whole, have survived to our day, but with one exception all are very corrupt, and the text is extremely difficult to translate. Our oldest copies appear to date from the middle of the 19th dynasty, about B.C. 1300, but the composition itself must be older than this. Indeed, it may be a true record of the great king's charge to his son. The following seems to be the purpose and argument of the work. Amenemhat, who has already virtually associated Yusertesen with himself in the kingdom, determines, in consequence of a plot against his life, to ensure his son's succession by announcing it in a formal manner. He has labored strenuously and successfully for his own glory and for the good of his people, but in return he is scarcely saved from ignominious dethronement or assassination through a conspiracy formed in his own household. The moral to be drawn from this is pointed out to his son with considerable bitterness and scorn in the teaching, in which, however, Usertesen is promised a brilliant reign if he will attend to his father's instructions. It is perhaps worthwhile noticing that there is no expression of piety or reference to the worship of divinities, either in the precepts themselves or in the narrative. The personified Nile is spoken of in a manner that would be likely to offend its worshippers, but in the last section, the interpretation of which is extremely doubtful, Amenemhat seems to acquiesce in the orthodox views concerning the god Ra. Usertesen's reign dates from Amenemhat's 
twentieth year, and that his association was then no secret but already formally acknowledged, is amply proved. The king seems to feel already the approach of old age and death, and though he lived on to assist his son with his counsel for no less than ten years, it was apparently in retirement from public life. The work has been considered as a posthumous charge to Usertesen, but although certain expressions seem to support this view, on the whole, I think its correctness improbable. In several copies, the text is divided by rubrics into fifteen paragraphs, and the phrases are punctuated by dots placed above the lines. In the following rendering, the paragraphs are preserved and summarized where they are too difficult to translate. The incompleteness of the best text leaves the last two paragraphs in almost hopeless confusion. 1. Title and Introduction Commencement in the teaching made by the majesty of the king of Upper and Lower Egypt, Sahetapabra, son of the sun, Amenemhat, justified, which he spake as a dividing of truth to his son, the universal Lord, said he, Shine forth as a god. Hearken to that I say to thee, that thou mayest be king of the land and rule the territories, that thou mayest excel in all wealth. 2. Exhortation to Caution in Associating with Subjects Let one be armored against his associates as a whole. It befalleth that mankind turn their heart to him who inspireth them with fear. Enter not to them singly. Fill not thy heart with a brother. Know not an honored friend. Make not to thyself free and easy visitors, by which nothing is accomplished. 3. Trust not to the aid of friends. When thou liest down, keep to thyself thine own heart, for friends exist not for a man on the day of troubles. I gave to the beggar, and I made the orphan to exist. I caused the man of no position to obtain his purpose, even as the man of position. 4. Continuation of 3. Reward of his beneficence. It was the eater of my food that made insurrection. He to whom I gave a helping hand produced terror therewith. They who put on my fine linen looked on me as shadows. They who were anointed with my frankincense defiled me while using it. 5. Men forget the heroism of his achievements on their behalf, though their happy condition speaks loudly of it. By forgetting, they lose much of the advantages he has procured them. My portraits are among the living, my achievements among men, making for me dirges that none heed, a great feat of combat that none see. Behold, one fighteth for a lassoed ox that forgetteth yesterday. Good fortune is not complete for one who cannot know it. 6. Attempt upon his life, circumstances of the attack. It was after supper and night was come on. I took an hour of heart pleasure. I lay down upon my diwan. I sank in rest. My heart began to follow slumber. Behold, weapons were brandished, and there was conversation concerning me while I acted like the serpent of the desert. 7. Taken by surprise, he could not defend himself. I awoke to fight. I was alone. I found that it was the stroke of an ally. 
If I had taken swiftly the arms from his hand, I should have caused the cowards to retreat by dint of smiting round. But there is not a man of valor at night. There is no fighting single-handed. There happens not a successful bout in ignorance. Behold thou me. 8. Usertesen's association, the only safeguard. Amenemhat is not stern enough to rule Egypt longer, but he offers to assist with his counsel. Behold thou, then, abominable things came to pass when I was without thee, because the courtiers had not heard that I had handed on to thee the kingdom, because I had not sat with thee on the throne. Let me then make my arrangements, for I do not confound them. I am not ignorant of them, but my heart does not remember the slackness of servants. 9. The conspiracy was hatched in the palace itself. The commons were hoodwinked. There was no ground for discontent. Is it the function of women to captain assassins? Is the interior of a house the nursery of insurgents? Is mining done by dint of cutting through the snow? The underlings were kept ignorant of what they were doing. Ill fortunes have not come behind me since my birth. There has not been success like mine in working to the measure of my ability. 10. Amenemhat's Activity I pushed up to the Elephantine and I turned back to Natho. I stood upon the ends of the earth and saw its edge. I carried forward the boundaries of strength of arm by my valor and by my feats. 11. His Beneficent Rule I was a maker of barley, beloved of Nepra. The Nile begged my mercy in every hollow. None were hungry in my years. None were thirsty therein. The people sat content in what they did, saying with reference to me, Every command is in its right place. 12. His valor in war and in the chase. I overcame lions. I captured crocodiles. I seized Bawat. I carried away Mazay. I caused the Setu to go like hounds. 13. The house and tomb that he built. I built a house adorned with gold, its ceiling with blue, its walls having deep foundations, the gates of copper, the bolts of bronze, made for everlasting. 14. Usertesen is the sole guardian of its secrets. He is trusted and beloved by the king and popular in the country. There are numerous intricacies of passages. I know that the successor will seek its beauties, for he knoweth it not without thee. But thou art my son, Usertesen, as my feet walk. Thou art my own heart, as my eyes see, born in a good hour, with mortals who give thee praise. 15. Amenemhat leaves Usertesen with the prospect of a brilliant reign. Behold, what I have done at the beginning thou hast arranged finally. Thou art the haven of what was in my heart. All collectivity offer the white crown to thee, the seed of God, sealed to its right place. Begin for thee greetings in the bark of Ra. Then a rain cometh of the first order, not of what I did in working to the extent of my powers. Set up monuments and make good thy tomb. This is its arrival. Translation of F. L. L. Griffith Section 26